Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History puddle. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. And we welcome you in to Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks at Undercover Greg. Joined, as always, by my partner in crime. You know him on Twitter as Showtime. I know him as Matt Siegel. You can find him at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. Matt, we got a lot to get to today. It is now almost the end of November, believe it or not. We have, at the end of the podcast, the first game on the NFL Week 12 card to break down. So middle of the week, college football we'll get to as well. Uh, But, of course, we'll start on the ice and on the hardwood with the winter sports in the NBA, NHL, and college basketball. So a lot going on. Matt, how are we doing? Greg, doing great, man. You know, I can't say that I'm doing amazing with my max play of the weekend. Texans plus four and a half going down in a blowout fashion. But what I will say on that note, there's no difference losing by one point or losing by 40. A loss is a loss, and at the end of the day, you don't bring – the, the, the losing ticket up to the counter and say, hey, let me get a partial refund. We only lost by two. I got a lot of comments saying, oh, how can a max play lose by 40? To be honest, Greg, I don't know about you, 
I would rather know that I'm just on the wrong side at the start of the game and, and the game just be over and just move on rather than, you know, watch a three-hour football game to lose on the last play of the game. I understand that means that all game long you have the hope, but if you're telling me before you know the outcome, you're going to lose on the last play or you're going to get blown out by 40, I'll take the blowout by 40 nine times, or 10 times out of 10, excuse me. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that, and I think that that's an important lesson for uh, people just getting started with betting sports understand that like you said all losses uh are going to take the same amount of money out of your pocket if they're all one you plays doesn't matter if they lose by 40 points or if they lose by a field goal you don't like you said get a refund and you have to be okay losing that lopsided sometimes uh like you said at the end of the day a loss is a loss and you move on and, and you try and learn from it and and try and find a flaw in your logic and, and see how you can be better. And I'm with you. I would rather just be on the wrong side if I'm going to lose. Imagine the people that had the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. And if you got in late, you either pushed or, or maybe even lost if that closed nine and a half. I'm not sure because I wasn't involved in that game. But that's an example of things going the complete opposite direction of what you said, where, you know, you're on a wrong side the whole way and you lose. Well, anybody that had Arizona, if they got in late enough, was on a right side the whole way, maybe even didn't even pay attention at the end of the game and ended up pushing or, or maybe even losing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to go on this before we get on to this week's games, it's just like, then I can just move on. And, and then it's like house money. Like if the Texans were, you know, whenever they were down at half, whatever it was, 21, 24, nothing. If they were then to come back, it's like you already gave up on the game. Right. So then you're kind of just, if you see them coming back a little bit, it's like, oh, whatever, whatever. And then they come back and it's, it's it just feels different than if you were invested in it the whole time. Now, everyone's a little different. Some people get invested into the games. Some people don't even watch whatsoever. But personally, if I'm watching or if I'm investing – my time and energy into the game, I would rather the game be over in the first quarter than lose on the last play of the game. And that's a personal preference. Everyone can have their opinions there, but I feel like I have strong reasoning and, and you tend to agree, and people I speak to tend to agree for the same kind of reasoning as that you have just false hope the whole game. You know, it's just it's just not losing on the last play of, 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 of any bet. No matter the amount, it's just heartbreaking. No, I completely agree with you, and and I think that the big thing that you said is being able to just move on, you know, and, and, and at halftime saying, all right, well, I'll chalk that up as a loss and I'll gladly uh, correct my record if uh, I have to make a change. That will be one that I'm willing to live with. Unfortunately, last night I had one kind of go the other way uh, in that regard. I propped Melvin Gordon over 73 and a half rushing yards. And at halftime, he was, I believe, at 58 rushing yards. And of course, in the second half, the Chargers only run the ball five times. Not sure what that was, especially since at halftime they were only down 10-9 and they were well, very Phil much Rivers in the game. was was playing out of his mind, so they had to keep having <laughs> him sling the rock. Yeah, right. Exactly. So thanks, Chargers, for uh, airing the ball out a ton and uh, not giving the ball to your star running back uh, even more than I think. Yeah, like I, said, I had five him on my plays, fantasy so. team. I mean, I'm happy he got the 10 or 12 he did in the first half, but. I was a little shocked uh, when when I saw them go away from the run game, but but nonetheless, um, it's it's just it, it's at the end of the day, it is a personal preference. I just don't see 
how someone could prefer to lose in on the last knowing the outcome before the game, how you could prefer to lose on the last play of the game rather than getting blown out and knowing that the game is over, you know, 10 minutes. Into oh, it. It, it's just, it's, I mean, yeah. You, Matt, you think about the amount of plays that you have that you're going to be sweating out and you're going to be full of stress on the no sweat results, whether they're in the bag as winners or if they go against you are nice because like, they're just that no sweat and, and you move on and, and you live with it's the like, result one way or another. It's kind of like that playoff game, right? Where the Nuggets and Blazers, they played six overtimes or whatever it was. And then the Nuggets went on to, they lost that game, right? Am I correct? Yeah, Portland won. The, you're yeah, so, and then I think the so, Nuggets won game four by like 15 points or something. So, you know, but my point is, at that point, you're playing so much extra time, you're exhausted. It's like you, you, you lost anyway. Like the extra time, you just got more tired. It's the same kind of concept. I put out a nice little one-liner, and then we'll move to these week's games. On Twitter, I put it out. And I was like, if you can't handle the losing, you don't deserve to win in this game. Oh, completely. It's very tough, and that's just how it works. It's a grind. All day long, every single day of the year. It just really is. And there's ups and there's downs. And there are highs of highs and lows of lows. And that's just how the nature of the beast is. But let's move on. I know you have an NHL pick. And that's going to get this week started off on a high note. Let's hear it, Greg. Yeah, I am going to go to the nationally televised game. There's only two games on the Wednesday night card in the National Hockey League. We're recording early in the evening on Tuesday for everybody listening on a Wednesday morning when this drops. Uh, But I am going to look to a home underdog uh, and and look to play the New York Rangers based solely off of some regression that I think will in time come for the Washington Capitals. Yes, they look to be very legit. And while I believe that the Pittsburgh Penguins may be on their way down in the Metropolitan Division, it certainly looks like the Washington Capitals are in for at least one more year of dominance in this division and to enter the spring as a Stanley Cup champion contender. All of that said, I just look at Washington 10-1-1 on the road. That just stuck out to me as something that I want to bet against sooner rather than later. Uh, and you get a Ranger team that probably wants to make a statement here, and, and their season is not off to the best of starts. Granted, they are 8-8-2, eight, eight and two, so they're not quite out of things. I mean, I don't think anybody is, like, dead-dead. We're only a quarter of the way through the season. All of that said, I just think that in time, the Capitals are due to throw in a little bit of a clunker on the road, and Madison Square Garden, the Rangers at home, uh, I, I think that there's probably enough value here for me to take a chance on the Rangers and, and, you know, just a one unit play. uh, But I'm seeing about plus plus one fifty. You can get them out on the money line. I I think they can keep this game competitive. And if there's a close game into the third period, I'd much rather have the plus price than be laying the juice with the Washington Capitals. So I look at the Rangers. uh, They played a lot of close games, uh, lost in overtime last week to Pittsburgh, lost by a goal on Saturday against the Panthers. So they're rested. I like the Rangers to pull the upset on Wednesday night. Yeah, Greg, I, I don't hate it. I have no official play on the game. As of right now, I would lean the Rangers at that price. But the Capitals are playing good hockey. I have no play on this game. And with the small slate, I'm not playing the other game as of lo- right now. But let's move on to the hardwood, Greg, because I am eyeing a few spots. I don't know about you, but we have a 
fat slate today on Wednesday. And I'm going right to the primetime matchup, Rockets and Nuggets, Greg. We know what the Rockets have been doing. Started the season shaky. And by started, I mean, you know, the first four or five games, tough loss to open the season against the Bucs. You know, their defense was a problem. The scrutiny they had from the media after maybe five games of an 82-game regular season about their defense was kind of, frankly, absurd, right? Because this is a team that was reconstructed, adding a superstar in Russell Westbrook. So for them not to be, quote-unquote, clicking on D right away, I don't think that's much of a surprise to anyone who actually follows or knows basketball, right? Not to compare this team whatsoever to the Miami Heat, or to LeBron James, but we have seen LeBron James, when he switched teams, struggle a little bit. That's just the nature of the beast. You need to develop a little bit of chemistry, and there's only so much you can develop in the offseason and playing preseason games, not to mention Russell Westbrook was 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 injured most of the offseason if he even played in a preseason game. I don't, I don't believe he did. And, I mean, moving on from that, I'm still taking the Denver Nuggets here, Greg, and let me tell you why. I think this Rockets team has been amazing. We've seen them win, I believe, eight. Is it eight straight they've won? Uh, what, Houston? Yeah. I'll double check uh, as you can. I, I believe something around there, eight straight, whatnot. James Harden averaging a ridiculous 39 points, scoring 35 or more in all eight of those wins. But nonetheless. Yeah, you're, you're correct. Eight, eight in a row for Houston. Okay, there we go. And nonetheless, I still like Denver here. Denver is still a great basketball team, and I think they're going to have a little bit to prove here. I really do. And I'm not going to say the Rockets haven't been playing top-tier competition because, you know, when you win eight straight games, that's that's never uh, – you can't ever lean on that. What I will say, though, is we were all over the Rockets in that spot against the Clippers. We just had that game circled. We had the Rockets getting up for that game more than the Clippers. Then you look at some of the other teams the Rockets have played over this eight-game stretch, right? They've played the Portland Trailblazers, who have been struggling heavily. They're struggling so heavily, they actually had to sign Carmelo Anthony. I can't even say that without laughing. Yeah, right. they, played the, they played the Pelicans. They played the Bulls. They played the Grizzlies. They have played the Warriors. They also played the Pacers and, and the Wolves. And... The Wolves have been struggling after they got out to their, what, 4-0 or 5-1 start. You know, yeah, since they they're now nice like 3-5. Yeah, yeah they, they've been struggling. So, it, it, the Rockets haven't necessarily been going up against top-tier competition per se. Oh, by the way, yeah, when they played the Wolves, Andrew Wiggins was out. You know, that's uh, kind of a big piece missing, I would say. He's right? been good for Minnesota. Very good. Yeah, he's he's been very good for Minnesota, and and obvious and not obviously. Excuse me. When the Rockets played the Pacers, Miles Turner was out. So, are the Rockets really playing good this great of basketball, or have they had some favorable matchups with a couple great games strung along the way? Now you can be the judge of that, Greg. I'll let the Nuggets tell you otherwise, and that's why I'm playing the Nuggets minus two at home in the altitude. Big game, 9 p.m., surprisingly not a nationally televised game because, you know, it might not actually be the biggest game on television tonight. We have a great slate. But I'll let you dive into that game whether you have a pick or not. But I'm picking Denver here, minus two. And I'm probably playing this for an upgraded play of two units. 
you know, give me your opinions on this game, and then let's move on to the big game, Boston and Clippers. Yeah, I think I'm uh, you. I was leaning Nuggets on the side, and you've pushed me over, so I'm probably gonna put a unit on the Nuggets minus the deuce. Uh, and I also like the game under the total. You mentioned Houston and I some like of the things. As well. You mentioned Houston and some of the things that have been discussed with them defensively. Well, I think that the odds makers have done a good job putting up totals on Houston Rockets games because you, you think about the Rockets and they're a team that a lot of people like to watch, a lot of glitz and glamour with the Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden. You want to see them score a lot, but that doesn't make it as easy as betting games over the total in games that they played. 14 games so far for the Rockets, nine of the 14 have landed under the total, and we kind of always knew that Denver was a good under team. Denver 8-4 and four to the under. Uh, under is the only way I can look as far as the total. And we're I think because it is Houston, we're getting a little more value on the under than we would in a normal uh, Nuggets home game, I should say. I'm seeing 223.5. So I will agree with you on Denver minus the two, and I will also play the game under 223.5. Yeah, I, I lean the under there as well, especially with – you know, how we've seen the Rockets actually have been tightening up their defense. We know that Denver has played towards the under well this year. So I think if we're going to be leaning Denver and under would be the combination. And one other Rockets thing that I want to say over. regarding the under, one thing I look for, because so often in the NBA, we talk about motivation and do the players care and do the teams care because we've seen load management. Well, if I can get two teams like this playing more often than not, I'm going to assume that they're going to care a little bit more, which I think lends itself to more defense. Uh, so, you know, you think about the Rockets and the Nuggets, for that matter. Right now, they're second and third, respectively, in the West. So if there's a game which they're going to care about more and play hard-nosed defense in, it's going to be one like this, which is another thing that I think isn't always built into look, the line. Look, Greg, these two teams are built to play the remainder of the regular season tough, especially these kind of games. This is a Nuggets team that finished second in the Western Conference Finals last year to lose a whole Western Conference game. Semifinals. Oh, excuse, Western Conference. No, I'm saying they finished second in the West. Oh, okay. Entirely. In the regular season, they then go on to lose a home game seven right. after winning a game seven on the road to say – you know, disappointment, I think, for this Nuggets team is an understatement. Not only disappointment, I think then everyone has now disregarded the Nuggets as a pretender, as a team that will be there, but they will not get there, if you, if you know what I'm saying. They will be there. They will be a top-four team. They will win a playoff series, maybe two. But no one is really, truly talking about the Denver Nuggets out of the Western Conference as a finals contender, unless I'm not hearing something. Which is I another hear, reason to like them in this kind of game, right? It, it, exactly. And for the flip side, the Rockets are the next team right behind Denver. That is, this. come on, you hear the Clippers, you hear the Lakers. The next two teams who think they should be in that conversation who just aren't yet are the Rockets and the Nuggets right here. And they both are now going up against each other, and they want to prove it. And they will do just that. And I think the Nuggets at home edge out the Rockets in this game. And in Houston, I think it could be a different story. But I think the crowd will play a little bit of a factor here with what I believe is a, quote-unquote, more important regular season game than most regular season games. Now, for Go ahead. I love when we're on the same page there. Now, a big slate, but let's keep it moving. 
Sure. What's your take on the Celtics Clippers? Because I have a pick. Do you have a play? Uh, well, I am leaning the under there as well, although I am not seeing a line or a total because of Kawhi Leonard's uh, status. Are you? Yes. So, no, I, 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 there's no line or total with Kawhi Leonard pretty much at this point being game to game. So right. the line's going to come out. Which, by the way, like, I'm glad we discussed this. For people betting the NBA, this is more relevant now than it ever has been, right? We just mentioned load management. It is almost something that you have to look at with every game, right? Because you never quite know which teams are going to pick spots to rest their guys. And it sounds like Kawhi Leonard does have a little bit of an injury too. And, and that's the other thing. Like they're not, if they're going to rest guys when they're healthy for load management, then not, most of these teams aren't going to risk anything with even the slightest of injuries. Greg, forget rest, but injuries in general, right? In the NBA, it's you only have five guys on the court, and you really only have normally 10 guys, if that, playing in a game. So one player is that important, especially a superstar for a team. It is a superstar-driven league. Look at yesterday. Damian Lillard, when he was ruled out, that was a four-point swing. The Portland Trailblazers were minus three, open minus three, and then the game closed around minus one, minus two. So a four- to five-point swing for one player. You know, obviously, there is tremendous difference from when a Damian Lillard is in the Portland Trailblazers lineup when he's not. It's a huge difference. Same goes for Kawhi. Same goes for any superstar-level caliber player. But in this game, let's assume that Kawhi is resting. Who you got? If Kawhi is resting, I would have the slightest of leans to Boston, but I don't love it, and I won't play the side here because Boston's in the fourth game of a five-game West Coast trip, and I, I just don't know that I want to play Boston right now. Yeah, Greg, I agree with you there. They're on a tough road trip. At the same time, Boston has looked elite. They look like yeah. they're on a mission. They look like kind of like you know a team with a chip on their shoulder, right? All these Younger guys, a letdown season last year with Kyrie. Kyrie now leaves. Now, not only do these guys, and when I say these guys, I'm primarily talking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, want to prove that they can win without a Kyrie Irving. A Kemba Walker, look what he's been doing. This is his first time in the big lights. He goes from a small, not a small market, but a smaller historical franchise from Charlotte to Boston, right? And now he's getting his chance to really show he's getting more national televised games. All of these guys look like they are not, they are rallying around one of the best coaches in the NBA who has them playing fantastic basketball. It is very, very difficult to go against a Boston Celtics team here. I would look Celtics or pass here. I can't back the Clippers without a Kawhi Leonard. I've seen Paul George been amazing in his first couple of games back, but I simply cannot go against Brad Stevens. And another interesting matchup, obviously, a little more past, but Doc Rivers against his former team. We got two great games. It's honestly a shame that one's at 9 and one's at 10. I wish these were the two ESPN games, but both tipping off in the West Coast. That, yeah. That's how they plays out. And, you know, just one last thing on Boston. I Like I said, I'm going to pass the side here. I'm going to look at the total and, and think about going under with Kawhi out and Boston at the end of a long road trip. Uh, well, one more game after this one. But still, remember last year, all of the noise that seemed to be emanating from their locker room? And I think a lot of that was thanks to Kyrie Irving and the diva that he can be sometimes. It just seems like not only do I mean, I think, and I think a lot of people would agree, Kemba Walker, a more talented player, than Kyrie Irving, 
and or a more all-around player, let's say. And he also just brings a little bit more of a presence, a little bit more of a veteranness to him, and a little bit more professionalism to him. And I think that's exactly what the Celtics needed. Uh, you think about Kemba, and you know he carried the Hornets pretty much his entire tenure there. Uh, a guy that was a three-year player in college at Connecticut, played under Jim Calhoun, just seems to be that type of guy that uh, is not going to cause a lot of drama, just wants to win basketball games, uh, which, again, Kyrie Irving, just there seemed to be a lot of noise with him. So as far as handicapping the Celtics, uh, I, that locker room stuff that was an issue last year really doesn't look to be a problem Greg, at all. just to get my two cents in here, right, and then we can move on to some of the other games. I don't personally know Kyrie Irving, so I can't speak on his character and whatnot. And you never know what actually is going on behind those locker room doors and how the media is twisting and turning. But what we do know is we saw a dysfunctional Celtics team that struggled last year and had a disappointing playoffs and a disappointing ending to their season. And now we see a newly revamped Boston Celtics team opening the season 13 games in with an 11-2 record and the best record in the NBA. I'm not saying that Kyrie Irving was the problem. I'm not saying that Kemba Walker is the answer. I am just laying out the facts that we have to go off of in front of. And the Boston Celtics, frankly, look like a top competitor in the East. This 11-2 record is not fake. Let me tell you that. Yeah, But let's move on. Because I see it one more intriguing game tonight. I will say that I don't know if you've seen what I've been doing on Twitter, but I'm sure some people listening out there, I've been liking the two or three team big spread parlay. So I see a little parlay of the day to be made. I see the Sixers at home against the Knicks. I see the Mavs at home against the Warriors. And I see that Bucks team getting back on track on the road against the Hawks. Maybe a little three-teamer there. We will see. Another game I'm leaning is this San Antonio Spurs team is really struggling. I know the Washington Wizards aren't that good, but the Spurs have lost five straight, and they're really bad. This Wizards team, it's not that they are playing bad like the Spurs are. It's just that, frankly, they don't have the talent. So I'm going to take the hardworking, playing hard Wizards over the confused Spurs with their star player, DeMar DeRozan, demanding a trade. I think the Wizards plus two is worth an early morning lean on this Wednesday morning. And one more lean I am looking at is I am looking at the Pistons, on the road against the Bulls, another team that just plays hard. And, you know, Blake Griffin's back, frankly. I think Blake Griffin in this matchup should have his way. Pistons have lost four straight. Frankly, I don't think the Bulls are that good. And I do think the Pistons with Blake Griffin back are better than a 4-9 and nine team. And, and at uh, what you can get, the Pistons added even money on the money line. I think that's a good Wednesday morning lean. Of course, official plays out later today yeah i don't necessarily disagree with any of those plays i mean yeah interesting that the spurs are off to such a bad start it seems like things going south pretty quickly there and that's normally a team that you know at the worst is going to be what they were last year where they're a bottom tier playoff team so uh not sure what's up there but definitely a difficult team to back right now and certainly uh, uh, you know anytime you see a short road favorite like that it can be a little bit of a trap so I would agree Wizards or pass there uh, the game that I want to look more into is uh, Charlotte and Brooklyn four point line right now I'm seeing for the Nets total of 222 and a half 
And it doesn't appear as if Kyrie Irving's shoulder injury is uh, getting any better. Uh, so that does have me intrigued on Charlotte, a team that has overachieved as far as the point spreads are concerned. Not an official play yet, but and if Kyrie Irving does happen to be ruled in, then I would look to grab the over there because 220 and a half just seems pretty low uh, for a, a Nets team that really I'm not sure how good they are and I'm not really sure how much they defend here against Charlotte, a team that's probably easily able to be overlooked. Brooklyn, 7-6 and six this year to the overs. Charlotte's about 500 there. Uh, so Charlotte and the over, two, a couple, two couple angles I'm looking at, but no official plays on that one in Brooklyn. Just one last spot that I will throw out there. You know, on the Thursday slate, only two games. Uh, anything that you're that you're potentially leaning? We got the Bucks on a on a second game of a road and home back to back, and then we got the, obviously the Suns and Pelicans, which they were both off on Wednesday. They would all both be off yeah. on today and play tomorrow. Yeah, um, you know, another angle that I like on the back to backs. I mean, yes, uh, fading the teams on the back to backs is one thing, but I happen to like going under on back-to-backs as well. Uh, just thinking, you know, tired legs being a factor for the team on the back-to-back. And you think about a Portland team, uh, I-, I think this is really soul-searching time for them. And they got to figure some things out as far as their effort. And I think that lends itself towards being a little bit more defensive-oriented. So I would lean to the under in Portland and Milwaukee. I don't really have much on New Orleans and Phoenix, though. Yeah, I have I have no I have no official play here personally. I mean the Blazers have been a dumpster fire, so I could potentially look to be fading them, but nonetheless, you know, still the Bucks are playing a back to back game, so you gotta see and make sure everyone's playing. Like you said, that's a big thing in today's NBA. But both games are on TNT, so we will probably evaluate them on Thursday. Now, Greg, anything on the college hardwood for you today or Thursday? Yes, I do like a spot in college basketball on Wednesday. So today, uh, first off, one thing that's interesting uh, that you'll see a lot of in college basketball, uh, you'll see a lot of in-state rivalry games. Uh, You know, I went to Temple. You see a lot of big five games early in the season, non-conference games. Temple just beat LaSalle last week. Um, You know, and and that's actually where I want to look to today. And, And there are a few of those. Columbia and St. John's, Georgia Tech and Georgia, uh, Cornell and Syracuse. Uh, so you do see some games like that. And I actually am going to look to one of them that I just mentioned, and that is the Georgia Bulldogs minus the four and a half at home against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Georgia Tech supposed to be a bottom feeder this year in the ACC. They were picked to finish 12th in the ACC preseason poll. And Georgia is a team that I was very interested in coming into the year as a sleeper in the SEC, a team that I think can get back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, some very intriguing recruits that Tom Crean bought in there. Of course, Anthony, Edru- Anthony Edwards is the one of the top prospects in the NBA draft. So I think it's a good value on the home favorite. The Georgia Bulldogs, minus the four and a half, I think that they'll want to make a statement here to their in-state rivals, and I, I just think they're the superior team, and it's a short enough number where I will back the Bulldogs minus four and a half. To be honest, I haven't um, 
I don't really have an angle on that game. I wish you the best, uh, as always, though. Anything you're looking at on the college hardwood over the next 48 hours? Yes. Yeah, so I will actually be looking, you know, this is a little bit of a, you know, the line's actually not even out yes or yet. But primetime game, 9 p.m. Eastern. This is a Thursday game, ESPN 2. 4-0 Duke travels to play 4-0 Cal. This game is going on in Madison Square Garden on a neutral site. Uh, and I will be looking to take the unranked Cal team with the points here. I New number one Duke at that. Yeah, new number one Duke at that. This is just a typical play that I like to make when a team is newly ranked number one. I'll always look into fading them, and it's just a system. It's a, it's a system lean. You know, it just it's what how it works. They're number one. The other team, Cal, is undefeated as well. They're coming into this game. It's a big time game in Madison Square Garden. And again, this isn't an official play with especially with no official line, but I will be looking to play Cal with the points here and simply just fading the newly claim, uh, crowned number one, the Duke Blue Devils. You know, I, I don't hate it. You know, I think a lot of times in college basketball and college football, too, we talk about teams that are maybe a little fat and happy, a little on their high horse. Listen, I know that Duke historically, this is no surprise seeing them ranked number one. But for these kids, they're not the ones that have been at Duke as long as Mike Krzyzewski has been. So maybe they kind of uh, rest on their laurels a little bit and, and don't have their best performance uh, which would be enough for the Cal Golden Bears to cover the number. So uh, I don't hate that play for sure. But let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, we got a couple of college football games to discuss, and then we'll talk about the. Hi, Greg. I actually, I actually have, I actually do also have um one more play that I'm oh, looking at. Oh, done. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. I, this, this play meant to come first, as it obviously goes off today. Uh, excuse me. And it's actually my alma mater. You know, I don't love betting. Uh, with my heart and by I don't love it, I never do it. So don't think that this has anything to do uh, with Indiana, nor uh, you've seen me go against my teams plenty of times. But Princeton is, is frankly, they're 0-3 this year, start the year. They're 0-3 against the spread. They failed to cover all three games. Indiana 4-0, 4-0 against the spread. We've seen Indiana play four games similar to this game against Princeton, covering a spread of 21 and a half two times, covering a spread of 22 and a half once. They did fail to cover a spread of 19 and a half where they only won by 11. But this game is a very similar game. Indiana at home in Assembly Hall against the Princeton Tigers are going to get up for it. Princeton has not been good this year. I will look to play Indiana in the first half and full game. First half, no available line yet, but full game currently sitting at 18 right now. On that note, let's take a break, and now we will uh, get to our commercial and then come back on the other side with some college football and the first game in the Week 12 National Football League slate, the Houston Texans welcoming in the Indianapolis Colts. All of that next, but first, a quick commercial break. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untuck It shirts are designed to be worn untucked. Untuck It shirts always fall at that just right length. No matter his size, he looks sharp and casual. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt that's actually designed to be worn untucked. 
No matter your size or shape, untucked shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. And with the holidays near, there's no better gift for your favorite guy who needs an upgrade. I can be frustrated sometimes shirt shopping and never quite knowing what length fits me. Untuck It is here to solve all of those problems. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That brings us back here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Greg Frank, at Undercover Greg, and all of my gambling picks. Matt Siegel, at Showtime Cappers, for all of his picks. Matt, before we get to the college football, I did mention the holidays a few times. And I, I, I do want to ask, do you have a uh, a side of choice for Thanksgiving and, you know, dark meat, white meat? Like, what's on your plate next Thursday? Greg, give me dark meat only. Don't even put... Gravy? White meat. Don't gravy. Yes, gravy. Of course. Don't even. Don't sit next to me if you're eating the white meat. By the way, so dark meat on my right, on my left, in front of my center only. Greg, gravy. Yes, mashed potatoes. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. No, that's that's not a bad choice at all. I'm with you on the dark meat gravy. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. You can sit next to me with the white meat, but dark meat only for me. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Um, I've always had a thing for cranberry sauce. It's always been my favorite side. I don't know why. I uh, just always have liked it. Uh, I'll do some stuffing. Uh, I'll do a, a, a bread, a, a roll. I just, I love me some Thanksgiving dinner. So I can't wait for that next Thursday. Craig, I'm right there of- with you. I, I, Thanksgiving is one of, if not my favorite holiday. I'm out of the cranberry sauce personally. Okay. But I, you know, I, I have, I have no hate towards you. And I'm actually happy that you like it because you need someone at the dinner table sure. to finish every part. So, exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, and we would be a good compliment to be at a Thanksgiving dinner table together, to say the least. <laughs> there you go. So let's go to the College Gridiron, where we have a couple of games to look at tonight. Uh, gotta love some midweek matching to discuss. We have the Toledo Rockets and the Buffalo Bulls playing in Western New York with Buffalo currently sitting as about seven and a half, eight point chalk, depending on where you shop. And then we have the Miami of Ohio Redhawks and uh, the Akron Zips. Akron, probably the worst team in the country, a 31 point underdog on the road in Oxford. Matt, anything here that you're looking at, I'll get to my lean uh, in one of these games. Uh, We're seeing a total of 54 in the Toledo Buffalo game, total of 42 in Akron and Miami of Ohio. I mean, Greg, so tell me why I'm not putting all of my money on Miami of Ohio. Uh, because, yeah, I, frankly, really bad. It's a, it, the Akron Zips are, 
it's funny. Their name is the Zips. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's kind of just but they're they're zero and ten on the season, and they're zero and ten against the spread. Ooh. They they've lost games every which way possible. Seventeen it's point a team spread in Ohio can be this bad when. Ohio State is as good as it is. Like Ohio, Greg, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that. That's probably why they're this bad because there are even teams such as Miami of Ohio, another insane. And Ohio team. University was a three touchdown favorite against Bowling Green last night. So, so I guess it kind I guess of makes sense bad. when you, exactly when you think about it. Someone's got to be bad in Ohio, but zero and ten against the spread. Zero and ten straight up. Miami of Ohio comes in winning their last four games. Oh yeah, by the way. 4-0 straight up, uh, uh, I mean, 4-0 against the spread in those four, there is absolutely no other way to look here than Miami of Ohio. And with that being said, I'm not saying empty out your 401k on Miami, Ohio, minus 31, but if you're going to play this game and you want to play a side, you got to play Miami, Ohio, because there's no reason why they can't win this game 35 or 42 to nothing, because the Akron, Akron Zips are absolutely pathetic. And if this was soccer, they would be relegated, Greg. <laughs> well, no, I, I have a hard time disagreeing with that. I mean, uh, like you said, blindly fading Akron every game. Uh, if you did so, you'd be a rich man. So I'm going to look to the other game, though. And, and this is probably I'm going to wait to see what I can get as far as the first half line is concerned with Buffalo and Toledo seeing four and a half right now on the Buffalo Bulls. And that's where I'm interested in, because if we remember last week on Thursday night, and I was very fortunate to cast this ticket, and this speaks to one thing we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. I thought I was dead as a doornail for uh, the Kent State Golden Flashes last week. Uh, I had them plus the six against Buffalo, and the score after three quarters was Buffalo 24, Kent State 6. And I and Kent State just looked lifeless. They looked dead. And Kent State comes all the way back to win the game in regulation with 24 points in the fourth quarter, and they win it 30-27. to 27. I think that that is an interesting buy sign on Buffalo. I think they will get back up. Buffalo is now 5-5. Five and five. They need to win one more game for bowl eligibility. Uh, and they're a touchdown favorite here, so maybe this is the one. But I think my stronger play here is going to be on the first half because of how poorly Buffalo ended that game against Kent State. By the way, another Ohio team there, Kent State. I think that uh, Buffalo, though, will look to uh, just be very hungry to get back on the field again, not only still needing to notch bowl eligibility in their back pocket, but even if they already were ball eligible, this would be a spot that I was looking at given the way the game ended against Kent State last week. So Buffalo first half minus four and a half is a lean for me. Probably will make my card on Wednesday. Greg, I, I was already leaning Buffalo first half full game. You took words right out of my mouth that I would have said if I started with the game. So uh, I'm going to most likely go ahead and, and hop on Buffalo here. But of course, early in the morning, still just a lean, but I do like Buffalo, and I'm not scared that I missed the seven number. If they're going to win this game, it's going to be by 10 or more, and that's for sure, and they'll be up by a touchdown and a half, most likely. Moving on, though, Greg, Thursday night, college football, one game. Do you have a play here? or? Yeah, you know, I don't. Uh, NC State looks to be a dead team right now. Greg, Greg, uh, anyway, I need to address something, by the way. You can't sound so upset when you don't have a play, and I want you to explain what the importance is of 
being able to pass a game, especially when it's one of two games, football, pigskin on the night. Greg, I think it's pretty damn impressive you're able to pass up on a Thursday night game. So don't sound upset if you have no play. If there is no edge, in your opinion, then why would you be backing it with your money? You know, don't yeah, sound and, 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 you know, obviously I will probably, uh, you know, I haven't looked too far into Thursday yet. I do have a play. We'll get to the NFL game in a little bit. But if someone said you can bet this NC State Georgia Tech game and you can bet Indianapolis and Houston, and those are the only two games you can bet, or if they, if they threw, gave me one NBA game, let's say. So say they gave me three games. Well, then there's three opportunities for me to turn a profit there. One and oh, two and one, or, uh, you know, to go undefeated and go three and oh. The way I look at that is, it's I'm going to turn a better profit going one and zero than going two and one because of the juice that you're going to pay. And so while you're still going to be a game over 500 at two and one, you're going to lose the juice on the one loss. Uh, so you're actually not going to be up as much as if you are just going one and zero. So one and zero always better than two and one. Something to keep in mind, uh, which is the, again just speaks to the value of passing. And and so, it's a slight hard concept to understand because you know someone might think that. I mean, I mean, excuse me, it, it shouldn't be a hard concept to understand, although it is. But like you just said, 2 and 0, or 1 and 0, excuse me, is plus 1 unit. 2 and 1 at the standard minus 110 juice would be plus 2 units from the two winners, minus 1 1.1 unit. Effectively, if my math is correct, Greg, yep. which I'm confident in my simple <laughs> arithmetic, that, that you fun. would then be up a Tenth of a unit more going one and zero than going two and one with and you do that juice. over time. You know every penny counts. So um, just something. As a tenth of a unit every single day, Greg. You <laughs> do the math. You know we've all seen those those you know those uh, those posts that are you you put a dollar away a day, whatever all that you know how it works you know how it all adds up and everyone knows that we like our green in our own pockets not in our bookies pockets so one and zero better than two and one moral of the story passing though uh, just to explain why NC State looks to be a bit of a dead team and I cashed a ticket fading them last week on the Louisville Cardinals minus the four uh, so you know it's not a team I want to get behind right now. Lost by 14 to Louisville, lost by 45 to Clemson, lost by 34 to Wake Forest, lost by 21 to Boston College. Just not even close any of these games, which explains why Georgia Tech's favored, but I'm, I, I just don't know that I have any confidence in a two-win Georgia Tech team as a favorite. So this is Greg, a straight match for me. Uh, but I know you do like a side. Greg, I don't like a side. I love a side. Frankly, this NC State team has been dead, in my opinion, since September 15th. That was the day after which, as a touchdown road favorite, they lost by 17 points on the road at West Virginia. They then went on, so they didn't cover that spread. They then went on to not cover the spread against Ball State. They then went on to not cover the spread against Florida State. So that's 0-3 against the spread in three straight games. They come home, and they get a gritty win against Syracuse. And by I say gritty, I mean that win is, is frankly, maybe what's, what's saving their slight season because that win is sandwiched in between them not covering 
four straight games. So they don't cover for three straight games. They then win and cover against Syracuse, and then they don't cover four straight games. So that Syracuse game is the difference of them going 0-8 against the spread. But nonetheless, they're 1-7 against the spread in their eight games. They're absolutely pathetic. They've given up on the season. And it's kind of funny that I'm talking all about this NC State team that's 4-6. And yet, we're backing the 2-8 Georgia Tech team, who has shown somewhat of life. You know, they're 1-3 in in their last four games, 2-1 against the spread. And this is just a classic. The last game was a bad loss. Greg, it, it was a bad loss. But I, I, Virginia Tech's better than NC State, right? So, I, sure. you know, I, it was a bad loss. But that's why you come back, you get another home game in a row, and they have a chance to to, to turn it around. This is a battle. Yeah, on the schedule, which I think is a nice Georgia Tech angle. Uh, they play Georgia next week, who obviously – is they Georgia can't lose that game. Like, they're trying to make the college football playoff. So this is the last chance for Georgia Tech to win a game this season. Yeah, yeah, agreed there. NC State struggling. This is just a battle of two struggling teams, and I'm going to take the home team, you know, especially two games worse of a record. You see that line, minus two and a half there, a little interesting of a line there. NC State, frankly, like I said, could easily have been 0-8 against the spread in their last eight games. I'll go Georgia Tech, minus 2.5 here for one unit. You can lock that in as an official play. So we will wrap things up with Week 12 in the National Football League. And this is a huge game in the NFC. I'm sorry, the AFC South. Could very well decide the division when it's all said and done. The Indianapolis Colts are a three and a half point road underdog against the Houston Texans. Total of 45 and a half in this one. Some injuries to consider for both of these teams. Looks like Will Fuller's getting a little closer for Houston. Maybe we see him return. Ditto for Indianapolis wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, who has had a lot of success against Houston. Marlon Mack, we know, is not going to play for the Colts. So they'll have to take a committee approach in the backfield. We already saw Jacoby Brissett return for Indianapolis. I have a play on this game, and I'll start. Uh, I got in on uh, Indianapolis at four. Uh, this number, I think, is going to bounce between three and a half and four before the close. I would be surprised if it got down to the key of three. It might, but I do like the Colts simply because I do not. Opener of five and a half here, by the way, to note. I'm sorry? Opening number of five and a half on this game. I appreciate you acknowledging that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that uh, off off the top of my head. But at the same time, gosh, I just do not trust the Houston Texans to win these kinds of games. I mean, you know, Matt, not to rub it in on you, but I think we've just seen now time and time again that in a weird way, while. Deshaun Watson. Now, Craig, I gotta ask you, what do you mean by these type of games? Can you define that? For, so, like, big late-season games against playoff teams with massive implications. Last week, if they win that game, they are in the driver's seat for the number two seed behind New England. So you're not, giving them, you're not giving them a slight pass that they were on the road against the number one offense they in the were NFL. Okay. Like, to lose the way they did is pretty embarrassing, in my opinion. Okay, so you think that's gonna that can carry into then this game? Because after this, I'll let you get your point, because I think it actually... You know, it is interesting that you say that because no matter how bad they lost last week, 
they have a chance to hit the reset button right here. But go ahead and, and keep selling your Colts because because I'll go ahead and, I, and I'll talk about this game afterwards. Very, very tough game, by the way. I want to put it out there. Yeah, very- you know, at the end of the day, this is why I feel like being a Texans fan just kind of eats at you a little bit because while they haven't been a bad team, they've just lost these kinds of games, whether it's to Indianapolis or to Baltimore or to New England. I know they did win at Kansas City back in October. Right, but let's not get ridiculous. They won 10 or 11 games last year, and they're on pace. To do they got their rear ends kicked at home in the playoffs by this very Indianapolis team. So my point is, I think Bill O'Brien and in Houston, like long term, I just think that the, the annoying thing about being a fan of the Texans is they're going to be good enough to keep the management and head coach in place, but they're never going to be they're never going to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender as far as I'm concerned. They don't have any they, they trade away draft picks and they may not even win this division. So I think it's a Super Bowl contender, is that what you're saying? I'm sorry? Oh, the Colts are Super Bowl contender. Are you sell is that what you're is that what you're selling me? Super Bowl contender than the Texans. I will have no problem saying that. And the Colts have been my pick all season to win this. Are you division. backing the Colts here, or, or are you fading the Texans, Greg? It's a little bit of both. And so I will say I was impressed with the Colts last week in what was a good Jacksonville spot, the way that the Colts came out and rolled right through that game. Uh, I know it's a short week travel situation, but I think I get over a field goal. I've already locked in the Colts at plus four. Frank Reich has had a lot of success against Bill O'Brien, as have the Colts just historically against the Texans. I know that that was with uh, Andrew Luck mostly, but Jacoby Brissett beat him too. I think the Colts, if I had to play the money line, I would take the Colts as well. But getting over a field goal, I'll just stick to the spread. I like Indy plus the four. Yeah, Greg, so I'm going to uh, look at a different kind of angle here in this game, and I'm not necessarily saying that I love the Texans, but... I could absolutely, you know, I miss hard on the Texans-Ravens game. That's no secret there. I thought the Texans would come out of that by looking to prove something. And, well, let's be real, they did. But they just got slapped around out there. And what did we learn? Well, we probably learned that the Baltimore Ravens are here. Lamar Jackson is here. And they will be here for potentially a long time. And I really don't think that, that this is too early to say. Hey, by the way, Jackson- at one point on the Ravens, like, remember when everybody was, like, speculating how long John Harbaugh was even going to still be there, right? Like, that that feels crazy that that was even a conversation. Well, it, well, it really – I'll tell you, actually, I, I don't really agree with you. It wasn't crazy because that was coming off of, of of them letting up 40 points at home to the Cleveland Browns. And at that point, the Cleveland Browns looked disastrous. No, I'm talking, disastrous. Like before Lamar Jackson. Like, oh, they- oh, yes. Well, well, they did – well, they did obvi- – they obviously have – you know, struggled in the past. And in the end, you know, it looked like they just needed to move on from the Joe Flacco era, which is now what they're doing. And and obviously now we know that coaching was not the issue. That quarterbacking right. was probably the issue. So, yes, I can agree there. But to get back to this game, the Houston Texans, it, it, it's almost like that game, they can totally erase that from their memory. They can do two, one of two things. They can now erase that blow up from their memory, which obviously they won't. They will look at the tape and they will learn some things. But at the end of the day, they can erase that from their memory. Because they're not playing Lamar Jackson again. They're not playing the Baltimore Ravens. They are now playing what I would consider a totally, totally flip-the-script kind of offense. Oh, yeah, Greg, Marlon Mack, not going to be on the field this weekend. That is a huge blow 
to the Indianapolis Colts. Let me tell you, he's been their leading rusher all year. You pointed back to the game that they played last year in the playoffs. Marlon Mack dominated that game, 150 yards and a touchdown. They played earlier in the year, and 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 Marlon Mack, you know, he had a solid game there as well. He only had 45 yards, but he had 18 carries. So now you're going from a guy who had 18, who's average, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 carries a game. Now you're going to a running back by committee, you know. With whoever they had last week, I forget his name, Jonathan Williams was the guy, I believe his name was, and he actually did pretty well, right? But this is now a, a different game with your starting running back out. They still have Hines as the third down pass catching back, and they've said they'll go to running back by committee. I think that is a bigger blow to this Indianapolis Colts team than you might think or someone else. They, they really use the run, whether it's successful or not, to open up the play action. And, and, and frankly, if they can't be running with Marlon Mack, then it's going to be tough to open up the play action. I understand the Colts have a great offensive line, so, so their backup running back can potentially you know, fill right into Marlon Mack's spot and they not miss a beat, but I'm just not so sure it's going to work like that. You're catching Let me give you, though, on one other thing. Uh, you mentioned that playoff game last year, and yeah, Marlon Mack played a role. I think that was a lot more about the Colts' defense. They held Houston to just 322 total yards in that game. Houston was 3-for-13 on third down in that game. 4.7 yards per play for Houston to 6.3 yards per play for Indianapolis. I, I just think that game was much more about Indianapolis' defense putting the clamps down on Deshaun Watson, which we've also seen Indianapolis do against Deshaun Watson quite a few times, and we've seen Deshaun Watson take a beating. Plenty of times before. Right, that's fine. But let me tell you, I'm honestly, you know, I just brought that game up just to say, but I'm more concerned about this year. And when you're taking out the guy who is fifth overall in rushing yards this season, which what that's what Marlon Mack is to the Colts, a guy with 862 rushing yards, you know, fifth in the NFL. I think that's a big loss. I really do. Not all skill players are a big loss. For this Indiana, Indianapolis Colts team, I think that's a big loss. And like I said, that Ravens game to the Texans essentially means, you know, I can't say it means nothing because it might for playoffs seeding down the line, but the Texans can now win this game right here against the Colts. They would then split the season record, and oh yeah, the Texans would then be one game up on the division against the Colts, and the Colts play another divisional game next week at home, and then the Houston Texans welcome Matt, in. Matt, do you know how seven. Jonathan Williams filled in for uh, – he got 13 carries yeah, last I, year. I said that, I, I said that already. He got 13 carries, 113 yards. I know he filled in well, and that's fine, but that game was already out of stretch, right? So this is a whole different game. Now they're game plan for Jonathan I don't a better front seven, a, though, in Jacksonville than Houston. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that person. I can't speak on that. I don't have the statistics on the on the front seven of Jacksonville versus the Houston Texans. All I'm saying is, anytime you're losing a starting running back who is fifth overall in the NFL, that's going to be a blow, in my opinion. Can Jonathan Williams step right up in that role and run behind a great offensive line? He sure can. But I'm not so sure if I would want to back my money on that. Again, back to my main point though is that Ravens loss, as pathetic as it was for the Texans, it. It could be awakening moment. Now they're like, okay, they can take a deep breath, understand this, maybe learn some things, watch the film, or they can say, you know what? We're playing a whole different team and forget that loss. We now have the opportunity to win this game on Sunday, 
go up a game on the division, and we control our own destiny. So I don't think there's a thing about that loss. And on the flip side, I don't think the Colts are celebrating the Jaguars' loss or Jaguars' win either. They know how important this game with the Texans is. They understand if they walk in, they win this game. Not only are they a game up on the Texans. Oh yeah, they're two and zero against the Texans on the season, and they understand that that means they have the tiebreaker over them if they were to tie. This is a huge game, and realistically, I think we can both agree: whoever wins this game, odds are will move on to win the division. Yeah, yes, and agreed. probably will win the division. By by one game, this game will probably be the difference between uh, a ten and six record and a and a nine and seven record. So are you laying the points with Houston then? So I'm not necessarily after all that spewing. I'm not necessarily <laughs> laying the points with Houston, but I just can't necessarily back the Colts here. It would be Houston or pass for me, and that's truly because I think Marlon Mack is is a problem. And, and without Marlon Mack, I don't I don't know if if the Colts what if can you can. Um, I don't expect him to play. Do you, is he expected to play? I don't expect him to play on a short week like this. I would lean towards no, but uh, and keep in mind for those listening again, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Uh, Indianapolis was required to submit an injury report, even though they didn't practice on Monday, and Ty was a uh, did not participate. So uh, it seems like. Uh, but all of that said, uh, in his media availability on Tuesday. He said he believes he can play, but the decision is not up to him, and there are more boxes to check uh, before he's cleared. So it looks right. like 40 35% chance he plays. So I would lean no. Yeah, I, I would lean no, especially since he's such an important piece. Even though this game is important, they understand that there is they still – Half no. after this, so. Yeah, and they still have five games remaining where it, you know they can go 5-0, and oh, and this game is irrelevant. At the end of the day, though, Greg – the road teams have been so successful in the NFL this year, but divisional games have been different. I'd like to side with the home team in divisional games, you know, and we saw that last week with the Colts against the Jags. We saw it earlier this season with the Colts against the Texans. We saw it earlier, especially in this AFC South, right? We saw earlier the Texans pulling off a win at home against, against the, the, the Jags. And Greg, frankly, I, yeah, Greg, frankly, you like that one? Yeah, I, I just, I, I just don't know if Jacoby Brissett can repeat the game he had in Lucas Oil last year. I mean, last. I like uh, Brissett a lot. I, I think, I think I, he's their guy. Greg, he's great, but he went, he went twenty six of 67 percent completion rate, three hundred twenty six yards, and four touchdowns. So a passer rating of one hundred twenty six point seven. Near, damn near flawless game with Deshaun Watson throwing two picks and only getting one touchdown. I just don't see. That same performance out of Deshaun Watson at home, I don't see that same performance out of Jacoby Brissett on the road, and it's going to be a close, tight game, which is why I can't really back the Texans because I wouldn't be shocked if they won by a field goal here. The only thing I'm not backing is the Colts outright. I would take the Texans outright, but well, that's I a high on the plus four. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate the plus four. This game is a close game, a total only 45 and a half, a short week. You know, I can see a field goal deciding this, but then again, I'm still not laying the minus 200 with the Texans. This is a game that I, you know, I mean, I had the Texans to win the division, and I had the Colts over six and a half wins. Um, you know, I can't really lose each way. You're just I, I will sit pull. on the sideline and take a win on your futures either way. I may personally look to play the Texans in the first half. I do think they could come out hot after being blown out on the road sure. to the Ravens. I think Texans first half is a good look. But on Tuesday night, it's just a lean for me. 
Well, there you have it. I don't have much else. Another good Thursday night football discussion. And we will see what happens on Thursday night down in the Lone Star State as the Houston Texans welcome in the Indianapolis Colts in a massive game to kick off the NFL. One of the best games on the entire Week 12 card. Obviously, everybody's going to be looking at Dallas and uh, New England, and you got San Francisco and Green Bay on Sunday night football, the Rams and the Ravens on Monday night football. The primetime games are good this week, and it starts with Thursday night between the Colts and the Texans. Matt, a lot of fun. We'll do it again over the weekend to look more into those big NFL Week 12 games. Yep, Greg, I can't wait, and, and I can't wait to be on Friday, and we can chop up this result. I really hope Texans by three, and, and we're all winners there. I, I, w- I would love for that. That'll do it. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk to you on Friday morning here on Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. And please, play responsibly. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.